0: Welcome to another episode of the Impel Four Podcast. And today I have with me a special guest, William Elmore. They call him Mecca. And I had three people tell me that I needed to have you on this podcast. Really? <laughs> yes, three I, people. I wonder why. <laughs> I don't know, but we're about to find out today. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> so what I'd like to do is dive right in. Let's do it. <laughs> and, uh, so tell me, what your, what you was charged with? I was charged with first-degree murder. First degree murder. Now, how long did you do? 25 years. Now, what happened to lead you to getting 25 Um, years?
1: The short story is uh, uh, I accompanied a friend of mine on a drug deal that went terribly wrong. Mm -hmm. Shots were fired. Mm -hmm. A man died. Mm -hmm. And I went on the run for almost two years. Mm -hmm. Got arrested by the FBI in Stone Mountain, Georgia. Mm -hmm. Got extradited back to Raleigh, North Carolina is where the... The incident happened. Okay. Got extradited back from Georgia to Raleigh mm-hmm. with the trial, claiming my innocence of first degree murder, and got found guilty, and the judge sentenced me to the rest of my natural life in prison. Natural life? Natural life. I was 21, 21
0: years old. So how did you get out if you were sentenced well, first to natural and life?
1: foremost, by God's grace. Right. Uh. Second of all, as a... Someone who got their sentence before 1992, mm-hmm. there, is, there was something called um, a mutual agreement with the Probation and Parole Commission. Mm-hmm. And a MAP is the acronym, M-A-P-P. Mm-hmm. And unbeknownst to me, I was eligible for that because I got my sentence mm-hmm. before the law had changed. It mm-hmm. was something called structured sentencing. Mm-hmm. And I fell under the guidelines of being eligible for a map. But just because you're eligible does not mean that you're going to get it. Mm -hmm. And after 22 years of my sentence, I got a letter from the parole commission that basically said, we've been checking you out. We do this sometimes. We think you're a good candidate and we want to interview you. We might be ready to give you a second chance. Mm -hmm. And I went and talked, met the parole commission, transferred from the facility that I was at at the time that I got that letter, went to another prison, and mm. sat behind a table much like this across from the parole commission mm. during that time. Mm. And they basically said, I know this is new to you, strange to you, but it's a second opportunity for a second chance. Do you think you can maintain yourself if we gave you that second chance? And right. of course, I said yes to that. Right. And by God's grace, after three years, from the time I signed that agreement, three years later, I was paroled out.
0: Okay, so was you heavy in the drug game, or you say you accompanied someone to? Well, so what?
1: actually, yes, I was oh. myself.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, I'm from New Jersey, by mm-hmm. the way, mm-hmm. and my lifestyle eventually became immersed into street activity. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm a, I'm a I had always had an entrepreneurial mindset, mm-hmm. so anything I could do to to buy low and sell high, I mm-hmm. did it. Right. Legally, of course, at first right. uh, rake leaves, shovel snow mm-hmm. uh deliver newspapers, mm-hmm. all of that kind of stuff most right. young kids think about doing right mm-hmm. uh, baseball cards, mm-hmm. coins, right you name it, and my home life became so turbulent because my father he was an excellent provider mm-hmm. when my parents got divorced, me being the only boy
0: mm-hmm.
1: the spirit of providership mm-hmm. became mine right and If there's anything I learned from my father about what it means to be a man is to provide and protect. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So me being the only boy, having an older sister, four years older, and my mom in the household and watching our life uh, go down a slippery slope of living on one level, I would say upper middle class, Mm -hmm. and watching her struggle to try to, to, I guess, sustain a quality of life that we could afford when he was in the picture. Mm She couldn't do it on her own.
0: But and but with you having that entrepreneurial mindset of going out, finding work legally, why don't you think you could have stuck with that?
1: Well, I was at 13. I, I told my mother, mm-hmm. I, I never forget, Mom, I want a job. Mm-hmm. And she thought that was so cute. And she said something about, you got to have working papers and all of that stuff. And mm-hmm. right now, at that age, mm-hmm. the only job that I could have done was a paper route. Right. And I got that. I did that, mm-hmm. and I f- never will forget. I brought my first check home. It was cash, you know. Mm-hmm. I got paid in cash, and I think it was thirty some dollars. And I handed it all to my mother in a, in a Manila envelope. I never forget. And I was so proud of myself, mm-hmm. and she was so proud of me. And she told me what to do with it. She mm-hmm. said, "Put it in the We had these. Um, we had these. I guess Tupperware jars where we kept sugar and flour mm-hmm. and all of that. Right, right, right. We had one that was empty, mm-hmm. and she said, "Put it in there." And she gave me this big old hug and said, you the man of the house now. And I liked how that felt, Right. but I didn't see that my 30-some dollars didn't make a difference to the household.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I, me being mathematical and and analytical mm-hmm. and a provider, mm-hmm. I wanted to figure out how I could make more money to become more of the man of the house.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And on my own volition, growing up in the inner city, starting off in a lower income reality. Mm-hmm with both my parents evolving into an upper middle class reality, Mm -hmm. and when my parents got divorced, we started going backwards. We wasn't moving on up, we was moving back down, Mm -hmm. and I didn't Mm -hmm. understand why. Mm -hmm. And asking my mother a lot of adult questions and her not trusting in me enough to understand adult answers, Mm -hmm. she would give me some superficial explanations about why our quality of life was depreciating. Mm -hmm. Again I started leaning on my own understanding. I knew all the street guys I knew enough street guys. Mm. I knew I knew how to hustle man I remember going to Chinatown and um, mm. from Newark, New Jersey to Chinatown it's maybe 20 minutes right I remember going to Chinatown buying fireworks wholesale, bringing them back to Jersey selling them retail. Mm. Mm-hmm. So I always had that motivation and some of my friends who were always older, they were already selling reefer right. And they saw the hustle in me and then they introduced me to a quicker way mm-hmm. to make more profit off my initial investment. And there began my lifestyle of illegal activity.
0: Right. So you didn't have any positive after your father left, you didn't have any other positive role models around? I didn't
1: I didn't have a positive example mm-hmm. of the the importance of work. Mm-hmm. I had so many people in my family that worked. Mm-hmm two, three jobs, but they were struggling financially. Right, yeah. I didn't understand why. Mm-hmm. I thought work really was overrated. Mm-hmm. It didn't solve our problems. Right. Every time I heard adults talking, it was always about money problems, mm-hmm. but they all had jobs. Right. So it mathematically, it didn't add up. Here I am wanting to work, thinking that that was going to help out, but I'm surrounded by people that's working all the time, and we're not getting anywhere. So as an adult, I found out it wasn't just work, it was a lot of mismanagement of funds. Mm-hmm. But work just didn't ring as enough to me at that time, and not just in my household, in my whole environment. Man, right. Most of my peers, their parents worked, right? but we didn't have nothing. Right. And they didn't have nothing. And we weren't die straights poor. I ain't have holy jeans or holy shoes, but mm-hmm. I told you, I hustled. I shoveled snow. Mm-hmm. If I wanted the sneakers that I wanted, I went out and hustled for it. Mm-hmm. If it was time to time to make some money in the time. I was glad when the weather met. I watched the news to see to predict the predicted weather <laughs> so I could get my shovel and count how much money I was going to make before I came back home.
0: So you wanted it to snow.
1: Yeah, heck yeah. <laughs>
0: the deeper the snow, the
1: more money I would make. Right, Yeah, right. and I was always driven that way.
0: Mm-hmm. Don't tell me more about your father, him leaving... After he left, did y'all have a relationship? Any? Or? No.
1: Sad to say, he's mm-hmm. passed away now. He's probably been dead maybe two years. But mm-hmm. when my parents got divorced, which was a process, my dad was a like I say, a provider and a protector, and an alcoholic. Mm-hmm. He had a lot of personal issues. He never could reconcile himself to, mm-hmm. and he he leaned on alcohol, and he became very abusive to my mother. Mm-hmm. And as a kid, me being confused about that, mm-hmm. like you're my dad, you. Mm-hmm. You causing a lot of pain to my mother, which in turn became my pain. Right. He was gone all the time also because he was a truck driver, right. so he drove like across the country, so when he went to work early Monday morning, I didn't see him until maybe Saturday morning. Mm-hmm. And when he came home, he was usually asleep or working on his car or getting ready to get dressed and go out, mm-hmm. which in most cases led to womanizing. Mm-hmm. So my dad wasn't home a lot either way. Mm-hmm. and. He was so distant in a sense. And again, I watched our lifestyle go from low income to upper middle class through him and my mother working both together, both incomes, the process of the quality of our life increased. Mm -hmm. When they got divorced, he didn't look back.
0: So do you think besides financially, mentally, it affected you?
1: Oh, emotionally, mentally, every way. I've always been the kind of person that understood what it meant to feel affected by something. Mm -hmm. I wasn't one of those kind of kids or guys that act like something didn't hurt when it did. Right. Yeah, it bothered me. Right. Yeah, clearly, I was an A B student in school. Okay. Home life got so turbulent that school became my safe haven. Mm -hmm. I was glad to go to school because I, I was able to block out what home was like, right. so unbeknownst to my teachers, I was just a good student, mm-hmm. had no idea what was going on at home. Right. When I got home, so much drama and chaos sometimes, I couldn't wait to go back to school. Right. So after school, once I, again, once they got divorced around the age of 13-ish, 14-ish, I got into the streets because growing up, starting off in the lower income area, mm-hmm. I was more exposed to crime, right. to criminal activity. Right. So after school, I went back to those neighborhoods, mm-hmm. which is where my grandparents stayed. My right. mother's parents stayed there. Right. We all stayed there, but eventually my mother and father bought a house in a whole another type of community. Mm-hmm. So I spent my extracurricular time going back over there, and then I started mixing and mingling with older guys who was doing a lot of things, and then it didn't take me long to figure out what those things were.
0: Right. So, going back to your prison time, did you ever think you would get out? No. I didn't
1: know how that was going to go. Initially, Mm -hmm. when I got sentenced, I thought suicidal thoughts. I would Mm -hmm. rather take my own life than spend the rest of my life in prison. Wow. Again, I think mathematically. I'm 21. The judge said rest of my natural life, that means if I lived to be 70, I'd be in prison for 49 years. Right. Not going to happen. I would rather take my life before I spent 49 years in a place I hated that much.
0: Hmm. So, You'd rather die than live in prison. Absolutely. Explain more about that.
1: To live in prison for the rest of my life, Mm -hmm. I'll give you this analogy. I love animals, right?
0: Uh
1: Watched a lot of National Geographic, go to zoos all the time, and I've seen cases where animals get Caught in captivity, right? Right. Brought and put in cages, fed the best meats. Mm -hmm. Veterinarians come clip their nails, wash them. I mean, far as put AC in in the cage for the summer all of the luxuries that an animal we think an animal can have and one mm-hmm. day when they go to check on that animal to put it on display for people to pay and come see the animal dead mm-hmm. so they do an investigation to find out what was the cause of death and they say we don't we don't know mm-hmm. he was healthy it was healthy we fed it well we did everything we could to replicate its natural nat- natural diet and the animal died mm-hmm. In my opinion, the animal died because his spirit was dead, because he knew he was supposed to be free. Mm-hmm. He wasn't supposed to be boxed in the cage. When we see the animal, it's pacing the cage, it's there for us to look at, maybe throw something at, try to call to it and communicate with it, but he's pacing the cage because he knows he's not supposed to be bound like that. Right. It was born to be free, to roam and do what it does by nature. Mm-hmm. I felt that way in my spirit, that I was dying in mm-hmm. that cage, in that prison, in that box. and admittedly so, I would rather have taken my own life than lived in prison for the rest of my life.
0: Mm. So, but with you being in prison, I'm thinking about what you're saying, that you're taking your own life. Your mother, I know she probably had a lot of pain when you went to prison. Absolutely. So, she she was coming to see you in there, right?
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. When when I got my sentence, my mother totally... uh, Uprooted her life and moved mm. to North Carolina to mm. support
0: me 1,000%, her and my sister. So that leads me to ask you this. So wouldn't you take her through much pain if you killed yourself? I probably would have. Mm-hmm.
1: And I'm sure that I was being very selfish. Right. Man, one of the hardest things for me to do was to go to my visit after I got sentenced in Central Prison and tell my mother, look, mom, I'm not happy here. Right. And before I spend the rest of my life here, I'm going to figure out how to take my life. That was I, I, man. I'm full of energy, man. I'm, right. I'm, I'm. I, all I know is what it means to live. I don't right. know anything about dying. But when the judge sentenced me, my mortality became so real to me. And then I felt like, who has the audacity to take my life away in such a way?
0: Right.
1: Nah, man. That's not right. And in my turmoil, in my pain, and my confusion. My decision was if I could figure out how to take somebody else's medication, mm. now, I'm not no pain freak in right. that regard. I'm right. not going to cut my wrists and, and nothing. Mm. If I found a painless way and an immediate way, I wouldn't be here today. However, when I did go to that visit following my my uh, guilty verdict in my trial and my mother came to visit me at Central Prison and I I couldn't even hold my head up. Right. And she wondered why, and I finally did get the get the unction and lift my head up, and I told her that if it did move her, I didn't notice it. She just firmly said to me, "Oh, come on, don't don't give up. If 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 I'm going to continue to fight for you outside of this place, mm-hmm. have enough for yourself to fight for you inside this place. And if you right. can't do it for you, do it for me. And that was the conversation that changed my whole trajectory, right. because my mother would tell anybody this." When it comes to me, her son, my yes means yes, and my no means no. Mm. And when she got me to say yes, even against my own volition, mm-hmm. I had to live up to that. Right. And I'm glad I did, of course. Yeah, I'm, I'm out glad of you did too. And I'm alive. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. No
1: doubt. But I don't. I'm right. not proud of that. Right. That mindset. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I understand that mindset, man, mm-hmm. because I think human beings are created in a much lofty way than animals, mm-hmm. and animals have enough enough unction to know better than what it means like to be bound, man, mm-hmm. but we try to convince them that they're supposed to be bound to our will, mm-hmm. and I mean, I use that reference, adi- some animals gnaw their own legs off to get out of traps, and they right. end up bleeding to death, mm-hmm. I honor that, I honor anybody who's willing to give up their life for what they believe in, and that's what I was willing to do, because mm-hmm. I knew I wasn't guilty of murder.
0: Right. Hmm.
1: And so, I ain't trying to convince nobody <laughs> right, of right, that. Right, I, I'm just describing the way my right. ether
0: works. Right, right. So, how's your mental now? You take get counseling for you? Oh, absolutely. Now?
1: Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I've I've, um, I've been made privy to a program called Rebuild, mm-hmm. and they provide free. Um, Therapy sessions mm-hmm. for black males, for males, period, right. that's of color mm-hmm. that have been incarcerated, mm-hmm. and I, I run to that because mm-hmm. I'm a proponent of therapy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I understand for more reasons than one. I think we all need therapy right. because I think we've been forced to, to perform with a concussion, man, since mm-hmm. we got on this
0: side of the world. Right. Mm, tell me more. How, what you mean, man? Right. Black people mm-hmm. have been
1: trying, have forced to perform with a concussion.
0: Right. The concussion
1: of slavery, right. that's exactly yeah. what I mean, right. and with with that, mm-hmm. everybody has been trying to wonder why is it so hard for me to perform peacefully in my psyche.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, the duress of slavery has us dizzy, right. and divided, and contentious, mm-hmm. and frustrated, right. and high blood pressure, and eat, poor eating habits, right. hey, do I need, you got another <laughs> podcast for me to keep going on?
0: Yeah. But, but, have when, you not felt when, that way? Wouldn't you say things have gotten better now?
1: Yeah, it got better, but yeah. we got a long way yeah. to go, yeah. man. You got to think. Yeah. We got hundreds of years, right,
0: mm-hmm.
1: of performing that way. Right. It's going to take some time, a lot of time, yeah. to to even begin to honor the fact and look yourself in one of these mirrors and say, hey, man, I've been overachieving based on my circumstances.
0: Right. Yeah, I agree with that. But I, l- I just look at it, I always look at it like this. I don't think we will ever catch up or get ahead. And the way I look at it is we just got to do as much as we can, and I hate to say it, as much as they let us. <laughs> you know. And
1: I, I could understand your perspective. Right. I think that's another conversation that right. we could have, right. and, and I'm open to it. Right. I'm not assuming to have any answers to, right. to everything, yeah. but I do know that I can appreciate historically how we've been trying to live normally as best we can, right. and, and abnormal adverse situations. Right. Yeah. 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 And we've that's been expected of us by each other and by everybody else. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And it's not fair to ask you to get back on the field with a concussion.
0: Yeah, you're right. You'll right. stop the football yeah. game, right? You yeah. you
1: want to sue yeah. the NFL if they send you back out there with
0: a concussion. But, but some of them like that though. Some of them get out there back out there on their own. Have we not <laughs> been
1: taught to get back there on our own? Yeah. For for a monetary reward.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: We've been taught to keep doing whatever it takes for a monetary reward. Men mm-hmm. have and women have. Mm-hmm. And we've been taught to like we've been taught to like like to eat pork. It wasn't yeah. our diet. We yeah. like it now. We yeah. love it so much we sell it to ourselves. We've right. been taught a lot of things that's yeah. unnatural to us and after a while we learn to like it.
0: Yeah, we we, we have been taught a lot of lies. <laughs>
1: And we'll fight tooth and nail to try to live up to those lives. Yeah, if that's yeah, not mental yeah. health, what is?
0: Yeah, I believe a lot of us has been conditioned to not unlearn. You know, It's, it's a fear it's, to yeah,
1: let go. Yeah. You know, there's this idea that if what I've been doing got me to this point, then mm-hmm. it's good enough for me to keep on going.
0: Right. Yeah. There's a Exactly. Yeah. A lot of people think like and that. And I think that's foolishness, in yeah. my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. A lot, a lot of people don't. They've been told a to lie so much, they believe it's the truth. They believe it's the truth, yeah. man.
1: What so, you going to do on December the 25th? Huh? Yeah. Hey, I agree with you. I agree with you. I'm just... I agree
0: with you. <laughs> what you going to do? I agree with you. <laughs> it'll be here in a minute. Yeah, yeah it'll be here in a minute. It'll be here in a minute. I... I I've been to screws sometimes, but I try. I try to just let it be what it is. And yeah. and, and
1: and again, that's what that's what we've you know. learned. Yeah. That yeah. too, learned that. let it be what it is, yeah. man. We've yeah. been conditioned to say, yeah. "Hey, it ain't that bad, man." Yeah. Just let it be what it is, man. Yeah. Don't make no noise yeah. about <laughs> it. <laughs> that's another subject. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. So how long you been home? Uh, seven years now. Seven years. Yeah, yeah. seven years. Feels mm-hmm. like seven days. Mm-hmm. Do you
0: do any mentoring yourself now? Yeah. Yes,
1: I, I do mentoring um, professionally uh-huh. and personally. I'm okay. a walking mentor. Right. Because I have a lot of people that have mentored me throughout my whole life. Right. And I love service work. Mm-hmm. I like helping people. I like using my vulnerability, my goods, my bads, and my uglies to mm-hmm. assist, mm-hmm. to give light. Mm-hmm. and insight and help other people, whoever mm-hmm. they may be. Mm-hmm. Formerly, I mentored with an organization in, in Chapel Hill mm-hmm. with a, that a friend of mine started called mm-hmm. the Reintegration Support Network. Right. I also mentor people through success while in transition right. that myself and right. Tommy Green have created. Right
0: I had Tommy on. yeah. I right. also
1: mentor people through my business uh, community based landscapers mm-hmm. slash contractors mm-hmm. with Edward Scott right. And we we are therapeutic employers, meaning mm-hmm. not only do we hire people that have the skill set, mm-hmm. we also mentor them and model what it means to have integrity, mm-hmm. to have work ethic, mm-hmm. and to understand what you are and who you are and have a sense of self. Right. Yeah. So I'm always in a mentoring space.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And do you think I'm? Did you uh, doing all that? It was it hard to get into it? As far as proving y'all self that y'all can. Be mentors or help others out. Do you have any pushback?
1: I was aware that as a black male with a felony, particularly, Mm -hmm. or specifically a violent crime, Mm -hmm. who would want me around their kids? Like my mentorship initially started with teenagers, and now it's it's just adults and whoever. But I understood that there would be some reservation. Mm -hmm. You know, these guys come out of prison talking that mentor talk. I don't want them around my kids. And you know what else I sadly realized? That a lot of these parents just wanted a babysitter. They was less interested in meeting myself directly and more interested in making sure that their kid was with somebody else. Mm-hmm. But my style is that I made sure that the parent met with me as well. I mm-hmm. was not going to mentor your kid without mm-hmm. meeting you. Right. I needed to meet you to get a sense of you and I wanted you to get a sense of me. Right. So yes, to answer your question, yes, it was some pushback, mm-hmm. but... <laughs> In the process of writing my book, which by the way is called "Prison from the Inside Out" mm-hmm. by myself, William Elmore and Susan Simone, I met with her at Whole Foods one day, which soon as soon as I got out of prison, maybe a week later, and she mm-hmm. asked me, "What's it What's it feel like to be out?" Mm-hmm. I said, "It's surreal." And mm-hmm. she said, "You already knew her?"
0: Or yeah, I met her oh. while I was on the inside. Okay, okay. She used
1: to come into the prison and do a book club. Okay. And when I got out, mm-hmm. she wanted to actually see me out. Right. So we met at Whole Foods. Right. And she said, what's it like to be out? I said, I don't have words for it. It's very surreal. Right. And she said, do you ever wonder what other people may think? And I said, not really. Mm-hmm. I said, because no, nobody really knows that I just got out of prison. Mm-hmm. I said, if I spent any en- energy wondering what people thought, it would be because I'm a black male. Right. Because I can't hide that. I could hide the fact that I've been in prison. Mm-hmm. So I don't even allocate my energy that way. Mm-hmm. I'm, I get pushback anyway when I come in a room. Mm-hmm. Sometimes. Right. Sometimes I sense it, sometimes I don't. It's just something that I live with mm-hmm. as a black male, along with having a felony. Mm-hmm. So, again, my awareness of the pushback that comes with me being me is what it is. Um, I don't pretend that it's not there, but I learn to just... Keep moving and be me with throughout it, regardless.
0: Right. Now, did you, uh, like, I asked you that because when I first came home, during my time, you know, it's it's like, they had this whole, some kind of, we had a big meeting downtown, and they had us all in one room, FBI, the agents, the county, the counselors, all that, and they they basically told us, like, we were watching y'all. Like, mm-hmm. they, they wasn't giving us a chance to change or nothing. Like, we got our eye on y'all. So everything you do, it's this out of scope, so yeah. to speak. Right, right, yeah. and that's why I asked you that question. And I remember standing up, talking, and saying my piece. I can't remember what I said, but it came off the top of my head because I was, I was angry. I'm like, hold up, you know. I just stood up, yeah. started talking, and, in the, in the, you know. How did that go? I got a standing ovation. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. think your authenticity, mm-hmm. kinda,
1: right, kind of warranted that. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And that's that's what happened. So that's why I asked you that. Was well, you getting any pushback? You no. Know. Being fresh out you know trying to do the I right think, thing
1: I think that I've been my my ability and and being blessed to be associated with the right kind of people mm-hmm. and not being from here
0: right
1: so I don't have a history here right where there's this uh idea about me mm-hmm. you no know, I, I was my crime happened in Raleigh right I don't know anything about Durham right my family moved here so I paroled here right. so I kind of got a fresh start right. And with that, my association with some good people helps me to be considered, I guess, less of a threat or less of a problem. Mm -hmm. My association has covered a multitude of pushback, I believe. Mm, However, I'm a firm believer in my, again, my ether and my introduction of myself Mm -hmm. by how how I do everything that I do. Um, And I don't have a problem... Pushing through the pushback to get where I'm oh, trying yeah. to go. Oh yeah, yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, man, I tell myself yeah. every day, man, you ain't do it 25 years in the penitentiary, <laughs> right. man. All this yeah. other stuff, man. Yeah, right. right. it's a yeah. small thing. Man.
0: Exactly. Yeah, that's how I feel. So, is your mother still living? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She, How's she doing? Yeah. I, her,
1: her name is Bessie. You ever mm-hmm. seen the movie Benjamin Button? The no, I case I of button. No, uh. Well, I call those who are listening will understand. I call her Bessie Button because <laughs> yeah, yeah. her age is going up, but yeah. her energy is going in reverse, man. Right? Yeah, right. she's she's thriving, active, yeah. And she's so much of my inspiration, man. She's living yeah. her life, man. When I got out of prison, mm-hmm. she told me all the time, man. I'm, I'm I got a lot of things right. on pause, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Until you get out of here. When you get out of here, I'm gonna live my life, and right. it's not a day go by. She not doing something to exemplify what she meant by living her life. Man, I'm I'm always inspired by her.
0: That's good, that's good, that's good. And do you have any kids in your family? Did you no, have any No, no, no children. Mm-hmm. I have a sister, like mm-hmm. I said, is mm-hmm. four years old and I have a wife. Okay. Okay. So how long have you been married? I've been married mm, right at six years. Okay. That's good. That's good. So what what is your next? what's next for you? I don't know. I whatever I decide to do, mm-hmm. I mean
1: I'm I'm excited every day, man. Sky's the limit. Mm-hmm. Sky's the limit. All of my work that I do is an expression of myself. Right. So I'm very fulfilled by that. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, man. Sky's the limit, man. My work kind of leads me in certain places and directions where mm-hmm. I get these these inspirations. Mm-hmm. Right. I started a community-based landscape, mm-hmm. and with a friend of mine mm-hmm. that I known in prison, mm-hmm. I started a success while in transition mm-hmm. with another friend of mine. Right. So. Tomorrow I could wake up and say, Man, let me try this or try that. Right. I mean one of our modules through SWIT is you either win or you learn, man. So I don't think mm-hmm. anything I may try will be a failure if mm-hmm. I don't get it where mm-hmm. I wanna get it. Right. It's just just a learning opportunity, man. So right. again, I ain't afraid to try anything that I believe in. If I don't believe in it, I'm mm-hmm. less
0: likely to try it. Right, right. I'm gonna have to come down there and check out. So y'all y'all operate inside a building a, inside house? a
1: transition house. Okay. Yeah, one in Durham one in Hillsborough.
0: And y- y'all do have, y'all have classes. I yeah, we y'all have classes. Yeah, okay. on Wednesday
1: nights. And they are open to the public.
0: Okay. Yeah, on Wednesday nights from 5.30 to 7.30. Okay, I'm trying to make it down there one night. I just come in and sit, sit in? Oh, yeah,
1: you come in, sit, raise your hand, participate. It's very open, it's very mm-hmm. kind of warm and welcoming, mm-hmm. and everybody can can participate.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: All right. Yeah, I'm going to do that, I'm going to do yeah. that. Oh, you can just sit there and not say a word, take notes, yeah. and critique us, we open... We not thin-skinned guys, man. Been, <laughs> right, right, you know, you yeah, know the story. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: Okay. Well, anything else? Well, how can people find you? you on Instagram, Facebook, anything like that? You do anything? Nah, you know? I don't get into yeah. the social media oh, yeah, that much, right. man. But I mean, you you have my
1: email address. Yeah. yeah. You, you, you know how to you know how to yeah. get in touch right. Well, tell you the people shit. your email
0: address in case they oh, want to get with well,
1: you. Well, my email is s will eight one one seven zero at yahoo. Um my book is on Amazon. It's called Prison From the Inside Out. You can look that up. And it's also on you know, in, in prison they had tablets now. Did yeah, you know yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, I heard it. It's on it's that. in the educational section okay. on the tablet. So guys can download it for free. Okay. And read it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean and I'm I'm around town, man. I don't okay. I don't know how much information I don't understand the social media right. like that. What yeah. you should give out, and what yeah. you shouldn't, shouldn't give right. out. Yeah. I really don't know how that works. Cause okay. I'm more, I'm more face to face kind of guy. Yeah. Right. And um, thus far, I haven't trans- transcended into the social mm-hmm. media lane. Right. But uh, I'm around, man. I'm a, I'm available. I don't meet strangers. Right. And I love giving my story away because it's not mine. It's I, I'm a steward of it. I'm right. a vessel that that tends to
0: share it. Right, right. Well, I know some people used to. Asked me that question, like, you're not, why you so openly tell people that you've been in prison? I said, because it do not bother me. You know, nah, it's, a, in this experience yeah, it's through, an experience I went through. It's an
1: experience. It's therapeutic for right, me right. to give it away because once I tell you that, that's your problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not mine. I did, I did my time right, already. Yeah, right, right. I'm not carrying that. So if <laughs> I share that with you, mm-hmm. And it causes you to be taken aback. It's that's how you deal you, with it, man. Yeah, that's, that's how they deal you. with it. Yeah, I dealt with it. I right. did it. Right. So, I, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's everything else pales in comparison to having to do that time. Mm-hmm. Right.
0: right. right. Well, that's it. I'm glad to have you on I appreciate on you, man. Yeah.
1: yeah. I appreciate you, man.
0: There you have it for another episode of the MPL 4 Podcast. Stay tuned to the next episode. Peace. If you like what you saw, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe to the MPL 4 Podcast.